Hi, I'm Elizabeth Noyce, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to discuss the season four episode of Supergirl titled, Will the Real Miss Tessmacher Please Stand Up? Please stand up. Please stand up. (laughs) (laughs) But first, we need to catch up on... The News. For Supergirl's Season 4 finale episode, Supergirl Radio will be going live and wired on Tuesday, May 21st at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, so make sure to visit Mixler.com slash Podcast to listen and join in the chat. We have done this for the last couple of seasons. It's very exciting. Everyone has a really good time. It's a good time to just get together and sort of uh, celebrate the fact that we have gotten to the end. We did it. (laughs) We've made it to the end. I'm going to unfurl my giant mission accomplished banner for us all. (laughs) We've done it. (laughs) So uh, join us in the chat and uh, we can uh, discuss the episode together. It's It's a good way to wrap up the season. We can laugh. We can cry. We can do boardroom and ballroom all together. <laughs> You're not going to want to miss it. Uh, but speaking of another live event, DC TV Podcast will be putting on our fifth annual fundraising marathon on Saturday, June 29th. Uh, we'll be announcing more details about the charity and the live podcasting schedule soon. Uh, so stay tuned to dctvpodcast.com slash fundraiser for all of those details. Can you believe we've been doing this? That's this is the fifth one. It's the fifth one. That's impossible. It it has gone by very quickly. I remember the first one, and uh, we have we've raised a lot of money for a lot of charities. So this is very exciting. And this and the marathon is really the fundraising is really done by the listeners. This is where you, the listener, come into play big time for all of our podcasts, because you are the heroes of this day. So uh, make sure to come and join us. Uh, it's, it's a ton of fun. It's podcasting all day. All your favorite DC TV podcasts are going to be there. All your favorite podcasters, all of your favorite shows. Um, and we're just going to be talking about DC TV all day. And we've added two new uh, two new podcasts. Or I think it's two. It's Swamp Thing Radio, Stargirl Podcast. We're all going to be there. It's going to be so fun. I think we will get to the point where we're going to have 24 hours. <laughs> we're going to be our own uh, DC TV podcast news network. <laughs> 24 hour news. We're going to start like reporting on some like really obscure stuff. <laughs> but oh my God, the, uh, the roundup show for this one is going to have like 
300 people on it. It's going to be terrifying. <laughs> yeah, we do an assembly hour at the end of the marathon if you've never joined us before. And we have as many podcasters as we can join for that that one hour of the marathon. And <laughs> it is going to be a lot. It's going to get dense. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to have to fight to talk is, is what is going to happen. Uh, but yeah, so it's a very exciting day. Podcasting all day. You can come in and out if you want in the chat. Everybody just hangs out. We have a good time. And it'll be a great charity to raise money for. I'm very excited to get that information out. So that should be coming out at the end of this week. So uh, be checking our social media for all of that information. We'll, and we'll remind everybody uh, when the, the time comes. But that is Saturday, June 29th. Put it on your calendar. All right, well, let's get into discussing this week's episode of Supergirl. So here is the official description. Quote, Kara and Lena head to Kaznia to hunt down Lex. However, Eve Tessmacher sets a trap for the duo that could ultimately reveal that Kara is Supergirl. Meanwhile, Alex gets a long-awaited phone call, James practices using his powers, and Ben Lockwood takes a dangerous stand inside the DEO, unquote. Action packed. (laughs) This was a very big episode of Supergirl because it had a lot of... uh, very uh, tense moments between Kara and Lena in their little uh, plane trip to Kaznia. So what did you think about uh, their time together in Russia? Um, I don't know that I've ever screamed at a television more times than I did during this episode of Supergirl. Just uh, so much screaming. I think my neighbors are like, get her out of here now. The HOA is going to be very <laughs> upset with me. They're like, listen, you're, you can stay, but you're not allowed to watch Supergirl anymore. You get too emotional. We're just worried about your health. Because uh, <laughs> every every single time I was like, this would be easier if you would just tell her the truth. And then like, I, I mean, I had got... I come to a really zen place where I was doing like breathing exercises and my boyfriend was like this is getting weird and (laughs) we should all just calm down and then she almost tells her the truth and changes her mind and I just like rolled off the couch and like out the door (laughs) and like into traffic Uh, (laughs) it was a lot for me Uh, but I really did like all the I mean anytime that we have either Supergirl and Lena or Kara and Lena um, together, it's always a good pairing, even though it, they're at this point in, in the show, they're stretching credulity that she had <laughs> told Lena. Like it's getting it's getting to the point where not telling Lena is actively putting her life in danger. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, uh, there's a there's a point in the in the episode where the uh, the building is counting down to explode and uh and Lena is like I'm going to go after Tess, Eve Tessmacher and you grab all the files <laughs> and and it, it zooms in on Cara's face and she's like well crap <laughs> <laughs> so like uh, you know uh, uh Lena has this awesome fight with uh, Eve Tessmacher where she takes off her heel and her so heel becomes good. a lightsaber and it's amazing <laughs> <laughs> and it's the, the most I've ever loved any character on television <laughs> <laughs> And now, Lena Luther, boardroom or ballroom? I was like, this is what I come to this show for <laughs> almost exclusively is Lena's outfits turning into like daggers. <laughs> <laughs> but that was 
actually very, very dangerous for Lena to be doing. And say if perhaps she knew maybe a pal of hers had, uh, what, what could you say, super strength? Maybe <laughs> she would have just picked up the files and put them in order and then walked out of the building before it blew up instead of like having to do a like a karate kid style action <laughs> sequence with <laughs> Miss Desmacher. Oh, but come on, Morgan. It wouldn't have been as fun uh, to see uh, Lena fight Eve Tessmacher if if Kara could just take her on herself. That is true. That's that's gift that her not knowing the secret has given us. And I will forever be grateful. When she was reaching down to her heel, I was like, I don't know what's happening. And then when she took it off, I was like, what is, are all of my dreams coming true? And then it turns out that yes, they were. <laughs> We don't get all the things that we want, but sometimes we get the things that we need. It's, it's very true. <laughs> Supergirl giveth and Supergirl taketh away. <laughs> and this has been Lena Luther, Boardroom or Ballroom. I think for me, this episode was the strongest when it focused on the Carolina stuff in Kaznia. Everything else, I was like, I don't care about anything else. I feel like I could literally talk about the car and Lena stuff for the whole episode and just kind of skim over the other stuff because that stuff was so was so fun and enjoyable to watch. And the other stuff, it also occurred in this episode. <laughs> it was also a thing that happened. We watched it. <laughs> we watched it. It aired on television. Uh, it was a thing. Uh, yeah, but I, I really, I thought that that stuff was the the strongest because it was something that was coming for a long time to get Carr to the point where she had to make a decision about that. And I really liked at one point, even before Kara has that moment on the plane, she thinks about it a little earlier in when she, uh, when she finds that room of red daughters and she kind of, you know, has to, has to make a decision on what she's going to do. And for me, I thought this really highlighted how great of an actress Melissa Benoist is. I mean, I, I, I praise her all the time and I think she is fantastic. She's a triple threat. She is such a good actress. But this episode was such a good example because it was all in her face and all in the way that she responded to everything, the way she reacted to what was going on. I really believed that Kara was freaking out. I really believed that Kara, like in her, I could just see it in her in her mind that she was like, oh my gosh, if this comes out, this is going to ruin my life. My life is going to crumble and fall into a million pieces. If, if somebody finds this, if Lena figures this out, what am I going to do? And she really... I, I just loved that frantic way that she was reacting to everything. And I just, I could feel that emotion and that real and believable tension that was going inside of her. And I just, having dipped my toe into acting a little bit with the fakest, not much, uh, but I just know how hard that is, how hard that is to communicate that kind of thing. And she just made it look so easy. And so I just, I'm so glad that even just a little bit, we got some really good Melissa Benoist acting in this episode. I mean, she's always good. She's always stellar, always nails it every time. But this episode, I was just like, yes, could we get more scenes like this? Oh, yeah. She's she's so good. It, you can see everything go across her face. 
Like she doesn't actually have to use any dialogue. Right. Which I think to me is like the mark of a good actress. And I know about acting because I played a maid in my middle school production of Little Mermaid. (laughs) I had two lines and they were delivered beautifully. (laughs) I'm sure that they were. I memorized them both and I was like, I'm doing it. (laughs) You were the best maid in that Little Mermaid production. I'm sure of it. I sure was. I gave I gave the Little Mermaid like a, a like a bowl of soup or something, and then I just got right out of there like a good maid should. <laughs> <laughs> but no, she's so, she's so good. She gets like she gets me every time, and when she gets upset and like stressed out, like I get upset and stressed out. I'm like, no, Cara's sad. <laughs> yeah, I just when she opened up that journal and saw that picture of her with Alex. I think it just hit her like somebody has been watching me for a long time. Somebody knows about my sister. Somebody knows about my life. Somebody has been inside of my apartment. Somebody has my journal with my personal thoughts and feelings. Oh, that's so creepy. It is really creepy. And the fact that somebody on the other side of the world has and somebody connected to Lex Luthor, she probably figures out that has got to be uh, completely unraveling to Kara and Melissa did such a good job of of really uh, being able to express that all of that inner turmoil that was going inside of her and then having to face Lena after she figures that out and she's like uh no 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 don't go in there uh, we don't need to go inside that room that's not that's not <laughs> where we need to go um I just I bought every single second of Melissa's acting in that scene and I just I I can't I, I could talk about Melissa Benoist's acting for the entirety of this Super Bowl radio <laughs> episode because she was so so good and I I just I I love that we have <laughs> this actress on the show playing this this big lead part because that's what I want out of a lead character on on a TV show is being able to follow her emotions like that so I just that's what I came away with in this episode um, was just how good of an actress she is and I just it it sort of breaks my heart a little bit because sometimes I feel like the show doesn't utilize her as much as they should and uh but but I was relieved in this episode at least they really gave her a chance to to dig into that and uh so we briefly mentioned the uh the almost reveal on the airplane uh I agree with you that that was a, a a lean in kind of moment it was very tense I thought something might happen Uh, But I really liked the choice, and I guess this was kind of obvious, but I liked the way they shot that with Lena standing in in the the front of the frame with Kara uh, racked out in the back with her hands on her hip, you know, with the glasses off in the the Supergirl pose. I really really thought that was a nice choice. For a second, I thought that, oh, my God, they're actually going to do it, and they're going to surprise me. And then as soon as Lena turned her back in a classic, what I call classic television, um, a dramatic monologue mode. <laughs> and I was like, the only thing she really needed was to be standing in a skyscraper looking out across the city, uh, <laughs> yes. which is usually her normal mode of, of conversation. So this, like, being in a plane must have thrown her off a little bit. <laughs> She's like, I'm not used to monologuing, but only seeing clouds. Um, <laughs> but as soon as she turned around, I was like, they're not going to do it. Because it's like, the only reason you would have this character turn around is that if, you know, Car was going to, decide to do it and then change her mind like if you're just gonna have her do it you'd have her do it so so I was a little dis. I did feel like they telegraphed it a little bit uh, that they were she was gonna change her mind but I was screaming at the screen going oh my god it's happening <laughs> 
So they got me. <laughs> yeah, the blocking did give it away a little bit. Uh, it, that's a very soap opera uh, way to shoot something. Uh, they did it a lot on Smallville. Oh my god, they they, they sure did. There was a never a window Lex couldn't didn't want to look out. <laughs> <laughs> so that is very typical in TV to to frame it up like that. But I, I just love that that image of of Car back there ready to tell her uh, with her hands on her hip. Um, and I I really liked it as a as a Car fan. I was glad that at least even though she ended up not choosing to tell her i liked that in the moment she was she made that decision for herself she wasn't put in a corner where she had to she was forced to she wanted to tell lena because she knew she needed to uh but i think the show at least for me i think before when she wasn't telling lena it didn't make a lot of sense because lena had been such a good friend lena had told her some of her secrets so it didn't really make any sense but i think at least in the writing they finally justified it to where it made sense that Kara would now not tell her yeah i I feel like it was finally about like being uh thoughtful for lena versus be whatever whatever weird motive Kara had like in that moment Lena had been through a lot and she was like really upset and Kara knew that telling her would just upset her further and it wasn't the right moment it felt to me like that was the one of the first times I kind of was like okay well I understand not telling her now there were of course 50 times during this episode that would have been (laughs) completely fine to tell her but you chose the one moment that wasn't a good time (laughs) but uh but yeah I feel like they did kind of and I also felt like it went down easier for me because uh Cara has that conversation with James where she says basically like turns to the camera and is like here's what's gonna go on guys like after (laughs) like after we uh, take down Lex, I'm going to tell her, come what may, you know, and like let the chips fall where they are because I feel like she deserves to know. Um, so it felt, it kind of felt like the show being like, listen, we're, we're finally going to do this thing. Like just hold on a little bit more and we're going to have that storyline finally play out because like how it had gotten to the point where it was like just so ridiculous. I was like kind of checked out on it. Like how many times are you going to have car have like five great opportunities to tell lena and not have any reason not to tell her and just kind of keep pretending yeah and i i I agree with you that they basically told us what was going to happen i think it would be a good way to end the season almost uh kind of a throwback to lois and clark the new adventures of superman where uh lois sort of finds out at the at the end of uh, I think it's season two and then season three, they kind of come back and then you get the result of her reaction to that information. So I, th- my personal speculation uh, is that Kara will tell her and then it will cut to Logo and we won't find out how Lena reacts until Ooh. the See, that w- next season. I feel like that to me would be a better cliffhanger than like a, another pod just like flying into Kara's li- living room or something. <laughs> <laughs> because that like though that's a like a interpersonal relationship that I really care about that they've built up and built up and built up over the course of several seasons. So I would care what happens to Lena and Carr and I would be on the edge of my seat for the whole summer wondering how that plays out. And I feel like they've they have the re- reason one of the reasons why their relationship is so interesting is that first of all they're both like 
some of the best characters on the show. But also there's so many different directions that they can go with the fallout of that because, you know, obviously Dark Lena is always in their back pocket. Yeah. But then you also have sort of like an angry, morally gray Lena. And then you have like the Lena who sort of like accepts it and moves on. Maybe it's like a a se- like a half season long arc where they're like not talking to each other but like Lena's maybe like getting over it or like deciding how she's going to feel about it like there's so many different ways you can go with it so I would be really excited to be like how are they going to play this relationship out like sometimes the the best things on these shows are not you know whatever super villain is happening right now at the moment but like the relationships between the characters and I feel like you know sometimes on Supergirl that can get a little bit lost. Um, but I like, so I like that they brought it back to this relationship in this episode. And like, where there's some tension, there's some drama, there's, you know, she's going to tell her eventually. And that's going to change the status quo of that relationship. I feel like they, they were kind of trying to do that with the Alex and Cara thing this season, but then dropped it so thoroughly that there's no <laughs> tension there anymore. <laughs> Who I, I I don't even care about it anymore. No, I don't either. When she made that comment to um, to Kelly about, I, I blanked on her name, and then I was like, R.I.P. Kelly, never forget, and I remembered again. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, same name as your favorite character, go. <laughs> but like when she, when she said it, she made that comment like, oh, it must be weird to have a sibling with superpowers, and I was like, oh, that's right, because she doesn't know. Like that, the fact that the show has dropped that storyline so thoroughly that they have to remind you <laughs> it's going on, like that's sort of the tension I expected. For, I wasn't looking forward to that storyline once it ha- happened, but that was like the sort of tension I was expecting that they were going to pull all the way through. And they had it for like an episode or two, and then they just kind of dropped it. Yeah, at least with the Kara and Lena thing, they have, over the course of the seasons, they have played that up a little. I mean, I, I, I feel like they've stretched it out in a nice way where, uh, you know, uh, Lillian... Uh, taunts Supergirl about it and then she'll taunt Lena about it because Lillian, that's what she does. She taunts people about secrets. But uh, I, I think they've done a really good job of mixing that you know, that tension between Lena and Kara in with the other storylines and everything that's going on. So I think they've earned this by this point in the series. I think they've earned a big moment at the end of the season and they aren't they earned that big tease in this week's episode. So uh even though some other storylines get brought up and then dropped, I think the Kara Lena uh dynamic and the the secret between them i think has been actually one of the better things that the show has done so i i appreciated it so much in this episode i think it was the strongest point of uh this week's uh turn of supergirl so i i really i I was i was glad to see it getting so much focus and i really loved their their you know what they were doing in kasnia i loved that they uh, flew on a a plane that apparently lena had designed herself that was the best part where she was like oh no don't worry i designed this one myself (laughs) i was like but i think the part that made me laugh the most was when she was saying that like um there could be, you know, there could be human error, but not not when I design it. And I was like, didn't you science murder somebody like <laughs> a couple of days ago, <laughs> like a couple months ago? Didn't you like do an oopsie and kill somebody? 
maybe you shouldn't trust yourself that much. <laughs> well, I mean, like, listen, my science is not always great, but my electronics. <laughs> I guess that's a little bit different when you're dealing with technology versus a human being. Maybe that's a little different. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, she did she did make a plane that sounded pretty awesome, and I liked the setup. I I mean, anytime you get uh, characters involved in a uh, Kryptonian story on an airplane that's pro you're probably gonna have uh, a, a bit of a problem on the plane something is gonna happen a helicopter is gonna falter uh, a plane is gonna you know go nose first into something like something is <laughs> going to happen where the Kryptonian is going to have to go out and catch the plane uh, so I did like I thought the setup was really good and uh, I liked especially the the way they uh, paralleled Lena and Kara in that moment when the plane was going down and, and Lena's like getting up there and <laughs> going to try to manually land the plane for herself. I was like, did Lena, when she was riding all those horses in the flashbacks with, with <laughs> without Lex, was she also in uh, flight school? <laughs> did she do that as well? Uh, so apparently she knows how to land a plane. Or at least semi-land slash fly a plane. Uh, but I loved just the little little bits where she's like, okay, I got this. And then when, when you see Car out there flying to, to kind of guide the plane outside, she's like, I got this. And so I just, I loved that. I loved getting to see both of them try to save the day and try to save each other by what they could do. Lena can't go out there and physically literally fly outside by herself on her own willpower, but she can fly a plane. But Kara, you know, can do something else to to try to help out. So I, I really enjoyed that. That was a small bit that was in that sequence that I just thought really nailed uh, the two of them and how they are both heroes in their own right and uh, were trying to save the day. So I, I thought that was a, a nice little moment for both of them. Yeah, me too. So they get to Kaznia after, uh, you know, Kara kind of puts up a little bit of a fuss about, you know, wanting to fly herself. Well, I'm like, what a weird thing for, for like, for Lena, too. Like, I feel like this, <laughs> some of Kara's stuff, Lena must be like, this girl is such a pain. I'm like, love her, but God, <laughs> I look. Cars. I'm sorry. I'm just nervous, so I must fly by myself. Lena's like, I have a private plane, and she's like, I must fly by myself. And Lena's like, this girl. <laughs> I really want to go through that long line at the security check. I need to get an Auntie Anne's pretzel. <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't know uh, why why Kara thought that uh, flying by herself commercially would be faster, uh, but uh, she was trying to get out of it. Uh, but so they get to Kaznia, they find this lab that Lex has been operating out of, they find Red Daughter's cell, and they also... Uh, encounter uh, a couple of Miss Tassmachers. Uh, so what did you think about uh, getting to see Eve here in this episode? I am living for Miss Tassmacher, <laughs> loving Miss Tassmacher. I don't, I don't even care if like the, her whole villain turn made a whole lot of sense. I don't, I don't, I don't care because she's the greatest. I also <laughs> like her. She's like, do you think Lex loves me? <laughs> like, in the middle of the fight, she was like, wait, did he say something to you? <laughs> 
<laughs> she is the greatest. I also like at at like at some point she's like I, I can't remember if it's during the fight with Lena or if it's earlier with both Lena and Carr where she says something along the lines of like I love you guys. I mean I love Lex more, so obviously <laughs> I'm gonna kill you. But you guys are the best, girl power. <laughs> like, I think it's the the actress is just so funny because she like keeps up that like sort of peppy zip even when she's saying things that are like insane and like <laughs> evil she says it with like such a like a happy like a happy tone of voice that I'm like oh and then like wait why am I <laughs> whose side am I on <laughs> yeah. how, did, how did she win me over again <laughs> yeah she was hilarious and I liked that uh they they brought back this villain copy who I had completely forgotten about. Oh, me too. From back in the episode Ahimsa, which was way back at the beginning of the season. Wait, was that from the beginning of this season? This season. I thought it was last season. Morgan, this season has This season has been so long. <laughs> This season has been 25 years at least. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I don't feel as bad as uh, forgetting about this villain because it has been <laughs> so long. Um, but so they brought back this uh, villain copy and uh, Eve, there's a bunch of Eves. And I love that they sort of play up the sort of multiplicity aspect of having a bunch of copies. There's like one dumb Miss Tess Walker. And I loved her so much. It's the moment when she says uh, that uh, she says that Lex has a tank and then she keeps going tank. Tank, tank, tank. <laughs> and she sort of like has this uh, repetitive glitch, I guess, in her system. And it just made me laugh so much. I think that I think the bubbly nature of Miss Tessbacher is so funny to me. And uh, the actress did such a good job at playing the different Tessbachers. And I just I enjoyed that immensely. So uh, that that part of the episode, I really enjoyed. Yeah, I, I, I think that she is so great. I don't know what's going to end up happening with my beloved Miss Tess Mocker uh, after this season, but I would love for her to stay around in some sort of capacity. Like, maybe she just, like, hitches her wagon to the next villain star, and Miss <laughs> Tess Mocker is just every, like, every season, she's just the new villain's, like, a secretary or a henchman. <laughs> she just keeps getting, like, just keeps going to a new company. <laughs> Do you need a henchwoman? I do. I actually do. Yeah. (laughs) Do you need a minion? We've got the woman for you. Uh, Yeah, she, uh, I would love it if she stuck around. She is such a good addition to the show. And if, if maybe Lena does go bad, I mean... Lena might need somebody to help her out in her uh, possible villainous ways. Uh, so that was great. I love Miss Tessmacher. Please stick around as much as possible. Um, but uh, I, I enjoyed the stuff. Of course, you know, Lena and Kara run into Miss Tessmacher. And there's a great moment, uh, a great scene where Lena brings up nature versus nurture. And Kara and Lena talk about that. And there's a moment where uh, I, I enjoyed the there, – there's a shot – where Kara reaches up, there's a map of of the world, and Kara sees the red daughter symbol on it. And I just, for me, that visually said so much about Kara in that moment that she sees something that is really familiar to her, and she doesn't know what it is. And of course, it's like a button that opens, you know, a bunch of monitors that shows, you know, red daughters, you know, the research on red daughter. But I just that 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 image stuck with me that she she sort of touches it and and has this moment with that and just the connection point between 
Arkara and the Red Daughter car, I thought was really visually very powerful for me. And I, I, I'm so uh, focused on images. I, I, I love seeing good uh, images to tell a story. And I, I thought that that was a great moment. And the 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 way that Kara spoke about Red Daughter showed that she was a little bit uh, defensive of Red Daughter because Lena talks about Red Daughter as if she's an it. And Kara's like, no, she's a she. She is a living, breathing person. Um, and so I think she um, connected to Red Daughter in that way that she saw a little bit of herself in her. So I'm very excited to see what happens when they eventually do have uh, a face-to-face because uh, just even in these little scenes where Kara had that moment, I, I really enjoyed that so much. Yeah, I, I like that she was as horrified by it as she was like intrigued by like what what Red Daughter, like who Red Daughter is and what she would be like and how how hard it must be and that she must have some good inside of her because Kara has some good inside of her. And I think we're already kind of seeing the way that she's going to relate to Red Daughter in that she's not going to be like, well, obviously you're evil. She's going to look for the humanity in her. Yeah, I, and I, I think that says so much about Supergirl. And, you know, even though... Uh, someone is using her likeness for evil purposes. Uh, she's going to try to connect with her on a personal level. And that's always what I love about Supergirl. So I'm excited to see more of that. Uh, okay, so we went to Kaznia. We we took a trip to Kaznia. Beautiful Kaznia. <laughs> Kaznia was great. And did you notice, just uh, before we move on, I have to mention this because we had a whole discussion about this in last week's Supergirl Radio, that the previously on... Did you notice how they ended the previously on? I did. I did notice that. And I, I, I noticed it immediately and laughed and was like, that's how they should have ended the episode. Yes. <laughs> they ended it with that strong line of, guess we're going to Kaznia. And I was like, see, that's a much, much better way to go out. So I just, I felt very validated in my critique of the, <laughs> the last week's cliffhanger. <laughs> uh, but so in addition to the Kaznian aspects of this episode, uh, we got some, uh, we got a return to a storyline that had been dropped for most of the season and uh, made its way at, almost as if you were a student who had forgotten to study for a test and you were cramming <laughs> at the very last minute to study. Uh, Supergirl uh, eventually got back around to Alex's desire for motherhood and her possible adoption. So what did you think about that? I will admit I laughed <laughs> when this when this storyline suddenly popped back up because we have been talking about it all season. We have been talking about it. The show certainly hasn't. Uh, <laughs> we remembered the show didn't. Uh, and Alex <laughs> didn't either. And Al- you know what? Alex forgetting that she wanted to adopt a child is uh, understandable considering that her brain is now fully Swiss cheese. But <laughs> it was. It just felt like the writers were all sitting around and they were like, okay, it's the end of the season. We got to wrap up some storylines. We got to wrap up this. We got to wrap up that. Let's like bring the Lena and Car stuff to a head. This is all really exciting. Anything else that we should be wrapping up? Anything at all? And somebody at the, the back just whispered, uh, I think Alex wanted to adopt a baby. <laughs> <laughs> and then the re- and then the room was silent for 25 minutes as they all just <laughs> stared. <laughs> it felt like such um, 
an afterthought, didn't it? Like they yeah, haven't it talked about it all season. You're right. That's exactly how it felt. Like it felt like they were cramming for the big test. And they had forgotten, and now they're doing an all-night study session just to really – so, like, we can't complain anymore because they did that whole episode dedicated to it. It was just the one episode, but, you know, she's over it now. Now, I shouldn't have been so surprised that it was going to fall through. Uh, I, I kind of thought, well, maybe this is going to happen. Maybe they're finally going to do this. And I, But I did think it was weird that it was going to be a baby, this 17-year-old mother – was going to give up her her baby. She was having a baby. And I kept thinking, why would the show give Alex Danvers, who has one of the most dangerous jobs in the whole world, a baby to take care of for the rest of the series? That makes no sense, no storytelling, no character, you know, sense. And, and you know what's not great on an action show? I'm just putting it out there. Babies. Now, now, at some point in the future, maybe next, uh, ne- maybe next month on Netflix, it'll be like a Friday night Netflix drop. There might be action babies. The show. <laughs> I and would watch that. They'll prove me wrong. They'll prove me wrong. Uh, which does sound like a, like a fake Thirty Rock show, but could be real at this point because there's so much on TV that I I never even hear about anymore. <laughs> it's like 500 shows, but like generally speaking, I don't want to see a baby on my superhero show like i don't want them to be like okay and now we got to stop chasing this uh this bad guy because uh, feeding time yeah it it worked a little bit on arrow when diggle and ooh, what was diggle's wife's name everyone is screaming at me now that i can't (laughs) think of her name lila lila yes Thank you so much. I can't believe I remembered that because uh, as I've gone on record saying, I've watched two seasons of Arrow. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even sure if she was in much of the seasons I watched. I have mostly repressed Arrow memories uh, from my brain. So uh, Your brain is doing an excellent job for you. (laughs) Your brain was like, don't remember, just forget. (laughs) Just put it out of your mind. Yeah, so Lila, at least on Arrow, they could say, oh, well, Lila, you know, is off screen somewhere with the baby. Like you could, you could buy that. But with Alex, you know, I it's clear that they are teasing up a, a relationship with Kelly. That's very clear that they want to put Alex and, and Kelly in because we did get information that, uh, you know, Kelly uh, had been engaged to another woman. And, you know, we have all this information now that this is a perfect setup for Alex in the future. But I don't know if they'll, you know, if they did have a baby in the mix, like would they throw, you know, a similar situation out there like oh Alec or or, oh Kelly is off screen taking care of the baby I just it doesn't make sense on this kind of a show where they're fighting aliens and there's alien invasions and things like that it's just it's a little too much for (laughs) for babies uh to be introduced yeah I feel I feel like Alex has got I mean I'm sure she does have a very good salary that pays her very well but I mean the amount of money she would have to spend on child care (laughs) yes just like like not just normal child care, but like in the middle of the night, oh God, uh, somebody is trying to attack National City. I gotta go. I guess I better call the sitter. Like <laughs> she's gonna have to have like a sitter on retainer. <laughs> well, and you mentioned 30 Rock, and I was thinking about 30 Rock a lot during this episode because even though 30 Rock was a 30 minute sitcom, they put in the time to develop Liz Lemon's adoption process. They had someone come out. They had Bev come out to evaluate her. It's a really funny episode where, uh, you know, they inter- 
uh, Bev interviews all of Liz's co-workers and goes to <laughs> to the DGS set and things are like falling from the <laughs> the lighting uh, and, and things are just ca- total chaos. And so they took the time to develop Liz's process where she fills out, uh, a, you know, the applications and she has somebody come to look at her house and her workplace. And it was hard for Liz Lemon to have a baby. And Liz Lemon uh, had a really good salary. She had a good job, a pretty a pretty safe job, except for lights falling from the rafters. Um, <laughs> but she, she had a pretty stable environment for a child, and it was hard for her. And so it's hard for me after, after 30 Rock, even though 30 Rock was a silly, hilarious comedy show, to see that oh they're making this so easy for Alex like they're not even trying to make it difficult for Alex like Alex would have to go through the process like oh oh so you're an FBI agent oh so you fight aliens sometimes uh, uh and you ha- you have an alien gun in your in your possession <laughs> you know like no like they're just do you gonna... have a place to lock up that alien gun <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're not even making it hard for Alex in this episode and so that's I should have seen it coming that it was going to fall through and when she did get that second call I was like oh okay this is not going to happen so I should have seen it coming right away but I just I just hope that when this happens for her that they may, they earn it. I think some of the stuff that the show has been doing this season, aside from the Carolina stuff, I think that's the only thing I've really or in even the the Dreamer stuff. I I think they've earned it a little bit, but sometimes they've rushed even that. So I think that not a lot of stuff on the show has really earned it. And I think that Alex adoption stuff is one of those things. So I hope that when the time comes that they will make it worth it and make it a momentous thing for Alex. Because even Alex says she's like, and now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, (laughs) I have 12 hours to make the biggest decision in my life. Even Alex was recognizing that this was rushed and fast. Yeah, I, I was laughing when even Alex like admitted that she had forgotten she put in that adoption <laughs> She was like, I did this a year ago and then like in that in that interim I forgotten a lot of things. So, like, <laughs> like she was even she was even basically like it was like the writers were like, Listen, uh, we dropped some balls this season. I guess this was one of them uh, because, because even she is saying like, you know, I did this so long ago, I had kind of forgotten about it and put it on the back burner and stuff. And there was that one episode where Alex like briefly remembers that she wanted to adopt a baby and was like, what, what about adopting a baby? I thought I was going to do that. And then she immediately forgets it the next episode. <laughs> I just feel like there needs to be like a little bit more consistency, like coming out of last season that should have been part of her storyline. It doesn't have to be all of her storyline. I don't think either. I don't think any of us really want to watch um, Alex Danvers just sit around uh, filling out baby applications and like looking on Etsy for those giant bows that they put on the people on the baby's forehead. <laughs> like no one wants that. They're just <laughs> what kind of what kind of rustic scenery am I going to put the baby <laughs> in for the photos? I don't think that that's a that's a action Danvers that I want. But there needed to be like you're right. They needed to earn it. What? Why didn't we see her? You know why didn't we see her go up against like an adoption? like talk to an adoption agency that was like a little bit skeptical of her job and her lifestyle and have to like win them over or something. I don't, there are so many different ways that they could have went with the storyline where they could have seeded it through the season um, instead of just like randomly dropping it into this episode 
two episodes, like three episodes before the finale. And, and I guess now that's a, but she's put a pin in that. (laughs) Well, and it was even strange to me that Alex was like, well, normally when this process happens, the birth mother will pick three people, but uh, she just wanted to pick me. And I kept thinking, why, why, why you, why, why not some just normal people who have a normal job, who have a safe job, why would why would she pick you, who clearly has a very dangerous job? <laughs> and, and that's something that I think the show could have done a better job of communicating because I, I didn't I didn't really that made no sense to me, is I guess what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it was just the it was so strange the whole way through. Very it felt very unearned that she was this was suddenly happening. And I I was very relieved that it ended up uh, not happening just because I just like I'm not into the baby on the show but like if you're going to go that way certainly I want a storyline that is organic that builds to that to that moment instead of just throwing a baby at Alex Danvers yeah I think the good thing that came out of those scenes was for me at least was the monologue from Kelly when she talks about Uh, how wounds heal and you can have second chances. And I liked her dialogue where she said some people leave indelible marks and you get to wear them like a badge of honor of what you learn from the experience. And I think that's really true. I am somebody who actually has many scars uh, from all of my experiences, like with cancer and things like that. So I, I kind of try to think of my scars as something that is a badge of honors and it reminds me of what I've been through. So I could really identify with Kelly's dialogue in that instance. And I thought she did a good job. The actress did a really good job with that, with that monologue and the things that she was trying to communicate and encourage Alex about. Um, so that I thought was uh, the, the best part from those scenes was was that monologue. So I did enjoy that aspect of it. Yeah, I liked learning more about Kelly. I think um, every time, and wisely, every time she sort of shows up, we kind of get more tidbits about her and, and get to uh, learn more about her her background, her history. And last, last episode, we learned more about her, how she reacted to their father's death and like what that trauma was like for her versus what it was like for James. And this time we, we learn about a very traumatic thing that happened in her personal life that her um, her fiance that she was planning on marrying uh, dies and when she she can't even mourn her and then when she comes home she gets that letter from her uh, and realizes that you know she's got to mourn her and then move on uh, because that's what her fiance would have wanted and I think that was very powerful and it was a really nice moment and it was nice to learn more about Kelly like what her deal is like what where she's been what she's been through I think we're learning that she's a very strong person uh, but I think we're also getting to see her vulnerable side yeah I like that as well getting to to know what informs her as a character really um, makes me feel a little more uh, connected to her. It makes me like her a little more. So I do like getting to see that. I did think it was a little strange, though, that Alex talked so much about how Eliza had been the inspiration for her to want to be a mother. <laughs> and when this happens, she doesn't call Eliza. She doesn't bring Eliza with her. Like, I, w- I would think that if I was going through the adoption process, I would want... So- now, I don't know if Eliza and Jeremiah had actually had to go through an adoption process with Kara. Like, how did they do that with an alien child? I don't know. Uh, But you would think that 
she would want somebody who had been through this same kind of situation, taking on uh, bringing a child into her life, she would want somebody who had been through that before. So I did think the absence of Eliza was very strange. I get what they were trying to do with Kelly in the mix, but the absence of Eliza did stick out to me. Yeah, I agree. Well, I also laughed at that scene because I think, well, I think that um, Eliza was a great mom. And I think that Alex realizes that um, they definitely haven't always had the perfect mother daughter relationship. I feel like she's definitely like idealized it because we had a couple seasons, a couple episodes like seasons ago where we learned that there was, you know, Alex had like a little bit of resentment towards Kara and like, didn't always get along great with her mom. Uh, so I thought it was, I thought it was just fun to see how she sort of like, now that she was thinking that she might become a mother, she sort of put her own mom up on a pedestal and was like, you know, she was always such a great mom, even though like, like seasons ago we had, a lot of a lot more of Alex being like, well, why were you always so nice to her? Morgan, do you not realize that was in season one? And season oh, one that's doesn't, <laughs> doesn't matter anymore. The the continuity is uh is gone out the window from season one. That that is true. I did forget that that was that was a season one thing, and we do we do not talk of season one. <laughs> <laughs> season one is not relevant anymore. We all just have to understand that and accept it and go on with our lives. (laughs) All right. So uh, I guess we should uh, wrap up our discussion with, even though I kind of don't want to talk about this. Uh, So (laughs) can we talk about adoption more? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Ben Lockwood ends up getting powers. James has powers. James goes to the Fortress of Solitude and they test his powers. So everybody gets superpowers in this episode. You get a power and you get a power. (laughs) Everybody has powers now. So what do you make of that? Is is that is this going to, you know, I I don't even know. I don't even know where they're going with this. Is James going to end up having to fight Lockwood? Is Lockwood going to have to fight Supergirl? Where do you see this going? I I don't even know. I I would assume. I don't know. Maybe James is going to have to fight Lockwood. I just, I just so deeply dislike this idea that James has all of Supergirl's powers. It's just, this show is called Supergirl. Mm-hmm. It's not called James the Grown Man Olsen. <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't need that character to have powers. We already have, you know, Brainy has some version of powers. It's a very different than Cars, but then now we have Dreamer who has powers. Martian Manhunter. Martian Manhunter, different than Cars, different than Cars. But now we have James who has powers the same as Supergirls. Like the same powers. Um so I just feel like she's starting to get a little bit lost in this like new super friends reality that she's living in. Uh, and I didn't think it was supposed to be like a team up show. I thought it was supposed to be mostly about Supergirl. Uh, so I don't like the idea of James having powers. And and I'm also I'm very bitter that he's not a turtle boy. <laughs> That's the only version of powers I would have accepted. He doesn't look like a turtle to me at all. How do you have that opportunity in your face? And just say no. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that. I'm not. Why? Why would you pass that up? I just cannot. I cannot fathom a world in which I would pass that up and be okay with my choices. No, it's not. It's not right. 
we could have also had, if James is going to be a, a superhero, could he not have also had his like newsboys? He's <laughs> he he owns cat. He's running Catco now. And uh, maybe his superpowers could have been that he has a crew of newspaper boys who are just ready to get it on, ready to rumble. We are going to do an episode during the hiatus where where we are going to pitch our season five ideas. (laughs) And that is going to be probably in the top section of those ideas. Like, could you imagine if like when Ben Lockwood is like coming at him with powers and instead of doing something useful, like throwing a car, he just yells like newsboys assemble. (laughs) And just like a bunch of newsies, like ride out on their bicycles from like all different directions, throwing newspapers at him and like ringing their bells. How amazing would that have been? (laughs) That would be a show I would be interested in watching. That's a show I want. (laughs) Not, not, not what we what we got. So I've been going through Supergirl comics. I think I've talked about it before that I have been uh, engaged in a Supergirl reading project. I'm in the adventure comics that feature Supergirl. In the, I'm in the 70s now. And there was a, a panel where it kind of talked about different members of the Superman family. And there was one, it was a little tiny thing, that said Jimmy Olsen and the new Newsboy Legion. I think it was Legion or Army. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is the comic book connection. We knew that guard like so we had connected the dots between James being Guardian and Guardian having the newsboys. But now there is actual precedent for Jimmy Olsen to be connected to the newsboys. I just I don't understand why this has not happened yet. (laughs) Oh, here it is. Jimmy Olsen and the new new and the new newsboy legion. That is hard to say fast. (laughs) It's right there. There is actual comic book. (laughs) It's right there for the taking. (laughs) (laughs) So I just that's I mean, I know I know we ask a lot of the show. We ask so much. But that's just one thing I think that could be easily done. I did think it was interesting, though. We have not seen James use super speed yet. I noticed when he he went, he moved to go pick up the car, the truck to throw at, at Ben Lockwood. He just kind of jogged over there. I was like, well, I guess he doesn't have super speed yet. So that is one power he doesn't seem to have. He has everything else. Hasn't figured that one out. (laughs) So he's got invulnerability. He's got heat vision. He's got super strength. He's got uh, flight. Looks like he has a little flight in there. Uh, So he's got everything else. It just doesn't look like they've done the super speed thing yet. But yeah, I just... And the thing that sort of bothers me about James having powers is they could maybe, by the end of the season, say, oh, something is... You know, uh, we got to take the superpowers away from him because it's it's killing him. Maybe maybe the maybe it's going to have a negative effect. But they gave him superpowers to heal him, so they can't remove his powers, right? Because then he'll go back into that state where he'll be in a physical negative space. Like he won't. Th- I mean, the superpowers have healed healed him. So if you take them away. That's going to negatively affect his physical being. So I don't even think they could remove the powers without him being harmed. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I do not. It's hard for me to imagine a version of this show where James also has all of her powers. Are we stuck? I I feel like that's what I you know what? I don't feel like we I feel like we can't be almost can't be stuck with it because 
I just don't know that this show works with James having all of her powers as well. Because then at like then it's she's not she's not like the star of her own she's show not in special a way. Anymore. She's not yeah, she's not special. Like she can she can exist with Dreamer and with Martian Manhunter uh and et cetera, et cetera, because she's you know, Kryptonian. She has all of the, you know, Kryptonian powers, so that makes her different. But then if you have somebody else who's like has the exact same powers, I don't know. Even with Monel, he didn't have heat vision. And I don't think he even had super breath either. He could fly, he had super strength, he was invulnerable. But there were as a Daxamite, he was a little bit different from her. So yeah. he, even though Monel was close, he was not an exact copy of Supergirl. So this is definitely new and different. And I'm not pleased with it myself. Yeah, I'm not here for it. I also just feel like, why did Jimmy Olsen need to have superpowers? It just, I don't, it, it my uh, continued problem with this character is that the show has no clue what to do with him. And so they change his role in the show and what Jimmy Olsen's going to be doing in the show. Every It feels like every half season, at least. It's like, this half season, he's Guardian. And this half season, uh, he doesn't care about being Guardian anymore because everybody knows he's Guardian. So he feels like now it's so passe. And he's going to be, like, you know, sleeping under his desk at Catco <laughs> the whole time. And now, suddenly, he has superpowers. And now he's a superhero. And it's just, it's it feels so much like they're throwing things at the wall to see what's going to stick for this character. And they never stick with anything any specific thing long enough for me to care about it and yet we have given them two <laughs> options turtle boy turtle boy newsboys yeah he could be the leader of the newsboy legion could you imagine if like next season he's like recruiting newsboys from the shadows he's like <laughs> hey you i would be so into that we laugh about it but i would love that so much but uh, okay, so we've we've uh, talked about the the big storylines of the episode. I guess we should move on to just overall thoughts. What did we think about this episode, uh, and and how how we feel like it's driving towards the end of the season? I mean, I liked this one. I don't. I still don't love the um, aspects of it. Like, I still don't love the. Uh, I think we talked about James Segerman Olsen having powers. Don't love that. Uh, the Alex thing felt like, uh, as you, as you put it so perfectly, like a homework she turned in uh, <laughs> that she that she did right before class, like in study hall, and then turned in. Uh, just felt so lackluster. Um, and obviously, like the this like the alien stuff. I I feel like honestly that the alien stuff is finally like now that we've gone full conspiracy corner with it. Like <laughs> I'm now more on board with it. I'm like it does go all the way to the top. <laughs> uh, it did actually. <laughs> now that we've gotten to like a, a Fox Mulder trust no one place, like I am like all in for it. <laughs> yeah, it was revealed that uh, oh crap, I have it in my notes that uh 
It was the chief of staff? Sarah Walker. And I remember that because that's a, a character from the TV show, Chuck. And I was yes. like, Sarah, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be awesome if it was actually Sarah Walker from Chuck? If they could, if they could get her on the show just for like a one second, like funny cameo, I would be so, so pleased. <laughs> Casey would be so upset with her. Casey would be heartbroken. <laughs> betraying the United States government like that. Sarah, how could you? (laughs) (laughs) But actually, she did have some, uh, you know, little sketchy moments there on Chuck, so I could buy that. That's true. That's true. Maybe she, like, maybe she turned a dark corner. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so it does, in fact, go all the way to the top. Yeah, so I I mean, now that, I mean, I love conspiracy stuff. (laughs) Like, give me a nice, good conspiracy, uh, a good cult. Like, I'm there for it. Uh, (laughs) So so now that it doesn't feel like I'm watching, like, the the law and order ripped from the headlines equivalent of whatever Supergirl's trying to do <laughs> and it's just like a nice a nice like comforting conspiracy like I'm on board um, so that I thought that was pretty pretty interesting and also not super wise of Kara like Kara you are a journalist you know how you could let everyone know what's going on it's called blobbing <laughs> <laughs> and you know how to do it is caradanvers.ca.co still not available <laughs> like i don't i don't understand um but i loved the the car and the lena stuff in kasnia i thought was so solid and so strong and so fun too like you have these two characters that are that are so good together and then you have um, Miss Tessmacher, who is just an all-star weirdo, <laughs> and you get, you get them all together in scenes, and it's so fun to watch, and it's it's actually progressing the storyline on several different like several different aspects of it because you have the um, the car deciding to tell Lena her, her secret thing. And you have them discovering that Lex has been working with the government to uh, um, harvest all these alien powers. And you get them getting closer to uh, Red Daughter. So I thought that that was, that was all really, really fun to watch and really satisfying. The rest of it was hit or miss for me. But that stuff was great. In the last scene, I got really mad at the show. Because I started to wonder, does... Does the show think I'm an idiot? Uh, because there was a moment when Kara says the word collusion. <laughs> and it made me irate because of the topical nature that we've had to <laughs> endure this season. I mean, but but didn't we like straight up drinking game style say that that was 100% going to happen before the end of the season? So I feel like you should have won some sort of bingo prize, like a uh, topical bingo. <laughs> I knew it was coming. They said collusion. <laughs> I knew this season was leading to Russian collusion. I knew it was going to happen <laughs> because they cannot help themselves listen why why come up with something that's subtextual and like meaningful when you can just stare at the camera and be like collusion (laughs) (laughs) i i I was actually kind of offended i was like really are you really doing this right now i knew you were gonna do this but did you have to be so predictable (laughs) and do this they're like listen we have to we have to highlight it and underline it (laughs) Otherwise, how will you know what we're trying to say? (laughs) But I will say on the rewatch, it was not as terrible. 
I really enjoyed the Carolina scenes. It was the highlight of the episode, and I wish the show was more of that and less of everything else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. That's so true. Like it did it, in this one, I would say it felt like Car and Lena were on a different, more interesting show than the rest <laughs> of the cast. <laughs> yeah, there was one version of the show that was happening that was the version I like, and then there was the other stuff <laughs> that was happening. That's the version I haven't been uh, loving it this season. <laughs> yeah, so there's a good show in there, and so I'm just uh, focusing in on the good stuff as much as I can. Well, that's going to do it for our discussion, but let's find out what our listeners had to say about Will the real Miss Tessmacher please stand up? Our first tweet is at from SL Fricky, who said, if DEO agents swore to uphold the Constitution, then they've done a really bad job of it since the DEO has been holding aliens without due process since season one. Also, possible new recurring segment, Lena Luther, nice flight or knife fight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't stop laughing at that one. That's really good. Uh, at Mark HBPWM said, I love that Eve had so much to do, but I still wonder how comfortable uh, Andrea is with playing evil. Uh, I also think the Oval Office will turn out to be an annex to Lex's secret prison hideout, and that will be revealed when Ben Lockwood chews up all the scenery walls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually would love it if there was some sort of twist where we ended up with President Lex Luthor at the end of the season, but I'm not I'm not counting on it, but I think that would be really cool. I would be so into it. I mean, (laughs) I feel like the problem is that he is a literal criminal at this point. Uh, so I don't know how that happens for him. Like when it when it's in the comics, he's just kind of like a businessman who's also a criminal, but like on the down low. (laughs) (laughs) But what if I mean, there are image inducers Things can That's happen. true. Ooh, oh, I like that. Although I, I now I'm I'm so far in on uh, on on Ducky Lex Luthor that I would be <laughs> <laughs> that would be sad if John Cryer wasn't playing him. <laughs> I've turned a real corner. Um, <laughs> at Danshin underscore Panda said the Easter egg to Christopher Reeve's Superman made me shriek. Kara looks so pained, and I had the biggest heart attack with the almost reveal. I feel Kara lost her chance. Yeah, that's a good catch uh, from uh, Superman the movie where uh, Lois and, and Clark are in the alley, and there's a little bit of an homage to that. Oh, that's so cool. I didn't. I actually didn't notice that at all. But like seeing them side by side in the images, it's like it's a pretty obvious one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very neat. Um, at Supergirl Slay, which is a great username, <laughs> said Kara's uh, broken heart when she had to put her glasses back on that broke me i like moving along the plot line slowly where was the real eve Ooh, that's the question i'm guessing she's know. with lex and the mention of uh, Kara's glasses of course we talk about this all the time on the podcast that anytime Kara takes her glasses off that's a big emotional moment for her so uh to have her be vulnerable like that with lena was a big deal so yeah it is sad that she she chose to put them back on um at rog vortex 58 said wish i could say Kara being head bagged at the end of the episode made me concerned for her safety but it really just gave me dc fight club flashbacks yeah i'm not exactly sure uh rog vortex 58 if you want to uh clue me in on the dc fight club i'm assuming that is that the uh the Arrowverse promo that there was a there was a fight club promo back in the day where it was like oliver and barry 
and they bring Kara into the fight club and they all kind of fight each other. Yeah, either either we're talking about a commercial or something deeply personal. Um, <laughs> at Walt uh, 658 said, I think Lex has kidnapped the president and is impersonating him using an image manipulator. I also think Eve or Mercy is doing the same thing with the chief of staff. So maybe it isn't Sarah Walker's fault. <laughs> How awesome would it be if Mercy showed back up in the season finale? And... She's Sarah Walker, but then she takes, <laughs> off, she takes off her interview introducer, and she's Mercy, and that's how we get it, her cameo in. <laughs> Don't get your hopes up. It's probably not going to happen, but it would be awesome. I haven't given up on Mercy because I refuse to. <laughs> I'm too mad about it. I'm too bitter, and I'm holding on. <laughs> Um, at tone underscore ring said really enjoyed the Lena and Kara stuff this week interesting to find Kelly is into ladies so that obviously means she will be Alex's new love interest because there can't be two LGBT ladies on the show and not have them get together right uh, also see picture and the picture is a guy who <laughs> is a guy who's like uh and then underneath it says I guess there is superpowers for everyone <laughs> which is amazing uh, all of that is very true. Yeah, it, it does seem like they're setting up uh, Kelly to be Alex's new love interest. Uh, they were, you know, they were sharing that hotel room together, eating a lot of chocolate. Basically, they've been on a first date. Yeah, <laughs> talking about babies and family. So, yeah, it, it seems pretty obvious. Uh, at Kaya underscore Matsui said, why is Alex having this whole baby conversation with Kelly? Didn't they meet, like, yesterday? <laughs> should She should at least call her mom if Ke- Kara wasn't available. Can we talk about the almost reveal? I was shaking. <laughs> um, at Patty Mello 20 said, we were so close. My heart stopped when Kara took off her glasses. What a moment. But now we know that Lena will find out in the most terrible way possible because drama. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Alex thing was so weird. This plot was always terrible. And why was Kelly there? They met three weeks ago. Go. I like that everybody else has picked up on like it's super weird that like oh hey new stranger would you like to come on a on a deeply personal trip with me well we have an email from Ben who writes quote my name is Ben not Lockwood and I have been listening to your podcast for a while and love each and every one well thank you I'm glad you enjoyed oh Ben goes on to say this past episode was very good and it appears that the final two of the season will be amazing I have really been enjoying the scenes with Kara and Lena working together I was surprised when Kara was going to reveal herself to Lena and heartbroken when she ended up changing her mind of course by doing that Kara now opens the door for typical superhero secret identity reveal storylines I believe that within the final two episodes Lena will somehow find out the car is Supergirl, whether by f- her figuring it out or someone Lex, other than Kara telling her. This, of course, will cause Lena to get angry, much angrier than Kara telling it herself, especially after Lena made herself vulnerable to Kara and start her down the path of becoming Kara's Luther. I really hope this doesn't happen, for I really like them as friends. Can't wait to hear your coverage of the final two uh, episodes, and thank you for your work on your podcast. Unquote. So, thank you, Ben, for writing in. Thank you for listening. And uh, I do think that Lena will be mad at Kara because because Kara even says to James, I'm going to tell her even if she hates me. And I think rightly so that Lena is going to be mad at Kara <laughs> because um, there's been no reason not to tell her. And uh, she's had about a million opportunities. I, I think she's going to be like, for real? Yeah. <laughs> 
she's going to at least hold a little bit of a grudge about it for a little while. She's not going to be pleased. <laughs> um, we heard from another longtime listener named Joe who writes, outside of misusing Alex's adoption storyline to set her to set her up with Kelly, hurting two potentially great stories at once, I think this was one of my favorite episodes of the season. The moment when Ben Lockwood and the Eves fighting Supergirl and Lena all seemed to have won at the same time moment was well done. Yeah, I did think that they the they did a really good job with those sequences towards the end of the episode. And I should also mention that Joe, as well as Daryl, one of our uh, frequent feedbackers, also mentioned that George, uh, this is from last week's episode, where we weren't sure if George had watched the Dreamer interview and if that had... Uh, been an instigator as to for him to reach out to his friend Charlie and change his mind about aliens. Uh, Joe and Daryl uh, actually wrote in to say that Dreamer, uh, the the Dreamer interview was something that George was watching. So I went back to go uh, look and you know double check, and George does watch the Dreamer interview. So thank you uh, both for correcting that record on us that we had kind of forgotten that <laughs> a little bit in the episode discussion. So thank you guys for pointing that out. Uh, well, uh, we have an email from a new listener named Susie who writes, quote, I just had a thought regarding one of your e- listener emails last week. I think Al's dive bar is a play on the word alien, unquote. So mm. the first, first two letters of alien are Al. So that definitely could be the case. Uh, or maybe they just really like Weird Al. Uh, so uh, who knows anything is possible but uh the fact that it is a bar uh full of aliens it's the alien dive bar so i guess that would be fitting uh we have an email from cloud who wrote it was never explained why red k was punching rocks so my theory has been uh she was building lex's hideaway in the mountain uh, the one that Lena figured out in the prison. But after seeing the map with invasion plans, I'm wondering if she was making tunnels to America. We'll never see them coming. <laughs> <laughs> she was punching rocks for a long time. So I hope she was put to good use. Maybe she made just like a beautiful sculpture out of those rocks. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she made like the Cosmian Mount Rushmore. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it was worth her time and effort. Uh, well, Jessica wrote in to ask, quote, what was the purple lightning? Did I miss the info on that? Also, I found it a bit silly that Kara could exit the plane without some sort of alarm or system warning or any other indication, unquote. Lena didn't make the plane that good, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she had some flaws in that design. Um, I think the purple lightning was definitely connected to Lex. It was very Luthorian purple. Uh, and I think it was some sort of, uh, 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 what, do you, what do you call it, uh, uh kind of a, a way to alert them that someone was coming and it was a, like a, a reaction from the location to a self a self-defense mechanism maybe uh for for someone coming in to their their little secret uh lair so i i think they did say something about that but it was basically just a, a reaction from uh lex's headquarters there in casnia to to fight off anyone coming in uh candace wrote in to say i think Kara and lena will have a falling out at the end of the season if Lena finds out before Kara tells her, which is probably what will happen. I would hate that because I like Lena not being evil unlike her family. It's just more refreshing that way. Uh, in conjunction with the Legends podcast, Morgan, this is one of the TV tropes that I hate, as well as the love triangle. 
Thank you, Candace. Me too. Um, when a character won't tell another character something and carries on like that until the truth eventually comes out, which it always does, and ruins their relationship slash friendship. Yeah, that is a that is. Thank you, Candace. Yes, I'm 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 taking your answer. That is also one of my least favorite TV tropes, <laughs> especially when it's like they're not telling the person the truth for no reason whatsoever that has been justified in the show. Elaine sent us an email suggesting a new segment, writing, "Quote." I don't know what you would call it, but it should be, but it should talk about the random super tech that Lena keeps on herself when she's out in the field with Supergirl. In the Crime and Punishment episode, it was the kryptonite shield that is just big enough to keep on person, and this past episode, she whipped out something from her heel like she's 007. I know she has <laughs> to access, I know she has access to this stuff, but it's really cool. Uh, but it's really cool that the stuff that she has randomly on person is uh, things that she has when she needs them, unquote. Uh, yes, she does have some awesome technology. Uh, the writers of the episode on Twitter actually refer to them as uh, tactical heels. And, appa- and appa- <laughs> yes. apparently uh, Katie Rose Rogers, who is one of the writers of this episode, had, has been pitching the tactical heel for many seasons now. Uh, so this these, these heels have been in the works for quite some time and uh, they finally got the chance to pull the trigger on them. So glad that they did those heels. My favorite. (laughs) Uh, Emily wrote in asking, how did Lena continue to fight Eve or even just walk after removing the heel of her shoe to reveal the hidden weapon, which was so cool and just so Lena, but I can hardly walk with one sneaker on, one sneaker off, and my sneakers don't have four inch stilettos. I guess that's why she's Lena Luther. And I'm not. <laughs> I actually I actually clocked that right away because when she's walking towards Kara later on, it looks like she's limping a little bit, but not as much as you would think considering the size of her heels. <laughs> yeah, she did continue on with those, those that footwear. And I liked that there was a moment when Lena was hopping up into the uh, vent. You did get a nice close-up of the heels, of the shoes. So I guess they were foreshadowing that the fact that those shoes would come in handy later on. So I like of those tactical heels. Yeah. So we did get a, a nice close-up of those. Uh, so I, maybe she, uh, maybe she had to practice. I mean, she probably designed those heels herself. So she, she probably had to, you know, work out being able to wear them. Uh, so yeah, that was good. Uh, Well, Leslie also had some thoughts to share about Lena's footwear, writing, quote, I just wanted to say, as a fan of boots, Lena's boots were fabulous and perfectly uh, appointed with a hidden baton to use as a weapon against backstabbing murderous subordinates, unquote. (laughs) Uh, I really enjoy the way that is described. So, yeah, she she did... uh, have a nice little hidden baton in there to use against Eve. Leslie has a real future in like writing the dis- product descriptions for clothing, <laughs> for ta- for tactical clothing. <laughs> that was like a, I-, I don't know if you, if you guys have ever seen Seinfeld, but there's like a couple seasons or a season where Elaine is like writing for the Jay Peterman catalog. It's the best. <laughs> and that reminded me of that so much. <laughs> then in the distance, I heard the bulls. And I began running as fast as I could. Fortunately, I was wearing my Italian cap to Oxfords. (laughs) Sophisticated yet different without making a huge fuss about it. Rich, dark brown calfskin leather, matching linen vamp. Men's hole in half sizes, seven through 13, price $135. 
Amazing. Um, new Rachel asked, do you think Alex is going to adopt Lockwood's son at the end of the season or will he die before that happens? Also, once Lockwood's done with the DEO and probably dies, could Colonel Haley take his place as director of alien affairs? Uh, assuming that's still a meaningful, relevant position on Earth-38 after all of this. Uh, both good questions. I wouldn't mind if Colonel Haley stayed around, but I am also curious if that position will still uh, be needed. Um, what's interesting about New Rachel's speculation is that we also had some other listeners who had brought up the possibility that Alex would adopt George Lockwood. Susan wrote in with a similar theory, writing, quote, Ben Lockwood's wife is dead. Uh, he's bound to end up in jail or by the end of the season or, or die by the end of the season uh, because in the world of superheroes, the hero wins in the end, which leaves their son without any parents, calling Alex Danvers, unquote. Mm. And uh, Danae also wrote in, quote, so with all the, all of the Agent Liberty stuff, I just let uh, that fly past me. I literally don't have the energy to deal with that storyline or how much I don't want him to have powers. I am happy, though, that his son is seeing who his, tr- his father truly is and standing up against him. Perhaps Alex can adopt him after the season, unquote. Um, so I think that's a real possibility that if uh, Alex doesn't go the baby route, she probably would need to adopt a uh, an older child or a teenager for that to make sense. And it just bums me out because Ruby last season was the perfect setup for this. And it just bums me out that we did not get that uh to come to fruition. So now we have to figure out another way to deal with it. <laughs> what if every season it seems like Alex is going to adopt like a like a teen like a teen like a teen in trouble, but then she just never does. <laughs> like every every season, it's like, oh hey, I'm a I'm a perfect like a perfect child to adopt, and Alex is like almost nah. <laughs> not yet. We're not we're not, not we're not there yet. Let's wait and see. <laughs> yeah, I guess I could maybe buy the Lockwood thing. I always just kind of envisioned writing wise that she would adopt a girl. That she would keep that yeah. Dan- Danvers women line going. Yeah, that 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 seemed more like the Ruby set. You're right. The Ruby setup was really, really perfect. I mean, it would have been a bummer because that would have meant that Sam probably would have had to die that season for that to make sense. But the Ruby stuff was set up so perfectly. Well, and she had been, uh, Alex had been friends with Sam. They had developed a, a bond and a friendship. And so it would have made sense for her to... Uh, for Alex to take on that role if something did happen to Sam and she'd be able to step in. And Alex and Ruby had, over the course of several episodes, developed a real bond. It was set up from the beginning of the of the season. All of, and, and it would have been a, a, a half-Kryptonian child. She would have had that experience helping Kara with her powers. It was just the perfect setup. So I guess I could maybe go with the George Lockwood stuff, and I'm not opposed to Alex adopting a son, but the 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 girl aspect of that would have been cool because, you know, the Danvers sisters, you know, and, and we have a lot of Eliza, so it would sort of make sense for there to be another uh, Danvers lady in the house, but yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll, we'll get there when it comes. Well, and we have a voicemail from Mauricio. Hey, Supergirl Radio, Mauricio here. Saw the episode. I swear to God, I'm. This is like version or, or attempt number five. This car tries to tell Lena about her secret identity, and then there's a like, oh, I was betrayed, blah blah blah, lied to. I was like, and then she doesn't tell her. I swear to, I, I, I'm making my own predictions right now. 
by the end of the season, Lena finds out and she turns evil in the fifth season. Because I'm really getting tired of sick. I, she's always trying to tell Lena her secret identity, but for some reason doesn't tell her. Anyways, I enjoyed the episode, but here's my only issue. One, the president, I don't think he hates aliens, but I really think he just wants the Russia attack because a lot of political shows I see, like the president wants the other end of the attack to have a war and all that. But what do you guys think? Because I really don't think he's in the racist alien thing, but um, yeah, and Ben Lockwood, I have no idea how his arc's going to end in the next two episodes. Yeah, we're two episodes to the end. And yeah, take care, guys, and adios. And Mauricio is talking about uh, President Baker's motivations. Doesn't think he hates aliens, but he's not sure what his deal is. I don't think any of us are really sure about what President Baker's deal is. Who knows? Good question. None of that makes sense. Why he was the running mate of uh, President Wonder Woman, nobody knows. Uh, They don't seem to share (laughs) anything in common. None of it makes sense. Wouldn't wouldn't it be great if by the end of the season we understood that storyline? That would be great. If we understood all (laughs) storylines. Hashtag goals. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I think before we wrap up feedback, we're going to have some snap judgments uh, sent in by our listeners. In the game of snap judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. So our first snap judgment is from Erica. She asks, Lena's self-flying airplane or Agent Liberty's jetpack? I'm on record for wanting the jetpack so intensely. But that self-flying airplane was pretty cool. It, like, made food for you. It uh, cleaned its own toilets. It was, I mean, you were you were golden. Once you hopped on that plane, you just, you, you got to your destination. You were taken care of. So that actually is actually kind of cooler than the jetpack, I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I got to go with the self-flying airplane. It just seems more luxurious. And also, <laughs> the jet the jetpack seems more dangerous. And I just, I just want to, like, kick it on my own private plane. That's true. That's true. You're taking a real risk. You're taking a risk with the jetpack. That's a ride I'm not sure I'm willing to go on yet. (laughs) Uh, From Danae, we have, um, what is more likely, Alex's baby flinging itself at an outlet or Alex finding Jeremiah? (laughs) I mean, I feel like any baby of Alex Danvers would be, like, strong and tough and brave and would fling itself at that outlet. So I'm going (laughs) flinging itself at the outlet. (laughs) The baby would probably fling itself at an outlet trying to go up against some sort of monster or uh, uh, some (laughs) sort of dangerous alien. So I I actually – I don't think we're ever going to find Jeremiah. So I'm going to go Alex's baby flinging itself at an outlet. What if Alex adopts like a child and the child is immediately like, I'm going to go on a walkabout to find your, your father, <laughs> Jeremiah. And Alex is like, who? <laughs> uh, it's all been leading to that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, since they're apparently just handing out superpowers now, who should get powers next? Lena or Alex? Oh, I want, I, I well, ooh. Mm. Oh. Mm. Because I do like the idea of Lena getting them just so that she and Supergirl can fight it out. But I also like the idea of Alex getting them just for an episode. Just so that she can experience what it's like to live in Kara's red boots for the day. I think either of those two scenarios would be so super interesting. We gotta pick one, though. We gotta pick one. Mm. 
I'm going to go Alex just for one episode. I think I'm going to go Lena because I just, I want to see the kind of tactical gear she makes when she has superpowers. Like, <laughs> does she just like go all in Batman style and have a utility belt? Like, I I need to know. She would make that like an accessory. That would be part of her you know, belts, shoes. Uh, she would probably find all sorts of things to do with bracelets and earrings. <laughs> and <laughs> if listen, if anyone could pull off a good utility belt, it's <laughs> Lena Luther. <laughs> <laughs> she like shows up, and everybody is like, "Oh my god, she is working that utility belt." <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, okay, last snap judgment. Now that James doesn't need his protective guardian suit anymore, who should design his new suit? Brainy, so he can finally use his scrapbook he made for Nia earlier this year. Or Lena, so that James can get an off-the-shoulder suit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go Lena for that off-the-shoulder suit. Let's make that happen. Let's get some clavicle up in here. Go on, Lena. <laughs> James will be really confident in that new suit if he has oh some off the shoulder. So confident. <laughs> no judgments on your snap judgments. Well, I think that's going to do it for our thoughts and feedback on Will the Real Miss Tessmacher please stand up? It, it, except uh, in this episode, she did not because we did not see the real Miss Tessmacher. <laughs> so I guess we're still asking that question. Uh, but if you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. And please do all of those things before Tuesdays at 6. 6.30 p.m. Eastern. That helps us out a lot. Uh, if you would like to uh, check us out on social media, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. Uh, you can listen to us on Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, where we also have a Spotify musical playlist that features music on the show. Uh, you can also find us on Radio Public and Podchaser, Podchaser if you're into that. Uh, we are also listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. And we are available on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio. So if you have some time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review over there. And just, you know, if uh, we get to the end of the season and you're like, thank you, Supergirl Radio, for getting us to the end of season four. We <laughs> would appreciate that. Listen, we're all in this together. But <laughs> we'd like a, we, we'd love a good rating or review. That that would be nice. We've. We've gone on a real journey this season, (laughs) and we're tired. (laughs) Uh, And uh, you can find all the links to all those things that we've just mentioned on uh, supergirlradio.com on the right side of the page. And now we throw it over to Ashley for the DC TV plugs. If Supergirl Radio fills your heart with glee, then follow the network for DC TV. Don't fail this city, you've got to hear Quiver, where Amanda and Mike will always deliver. Then run along and check out The Flash, Andy and friends made quite the splash. Don't forget the legends like they all forgot Rip. These ladies would never jax you to the time ship. Then join Clement and Nate in the incredible Brit, for Black Lightning's podcast where we all get lit. We come to iZombie, which is very alive, except maybe after the end of season five. Our newest addition to our CW crew is the Batwoman podcast ready for you. 
we jump over to sci-fi, a whole different channel, to check out Krypton way before our bro Kal-El. Then there's DC Universe so we can all stream. The awesome show Titans, we're only summer teens. And if you love the oldies, may I recommend classic DC TV. Honestly, 10 out of 10. That's it, I hope. Please, Andy, good night. But I would make an exception for Young Justice, all right? Check out DC TV Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Facebook, and Twitter. Well, you can find me on Twitter at DerbyKid and Instagram at TheDerbyKid. I voice a character named Leanne on a comedy sketch, uh, a sketch comedy podcast called The Fakest, which just dropped our first episode of season two. So if, nice. you, if you want to hear my character agonize over arduous alliterations, uh, please check it out because uh, Bill, who writes the scripts, uh, tortured me in that first episode. And it was a lot of fun. And you can actually... <laughs> uh, hear the frustration my real frustration come out in the character of leanne uh so it's a lot of fun it's really well edited and well written so uh you should definitely check that out and i'm also a contributor to justice league universe podcast so we've got some cool things coming out over there so if you're into the dc films uh we've got great content so check it out and you can also find me on twitter and instagram i'm at mojotastic that's m-o-j-o-t-a-s-t-i-c you can also find me as a co-host on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. Uh, it's back, in case you haven't noticed. It's been like it's been like a month, so I hope you have. If you watch the show, if you if not, you know we know what's a great time to jump in is season three, four. I know I know what season it's on. I'm checking to see if you know what season it's on. <laughs> Uh, it's always a great time to jump in with the legendary ladies. We know what season the show is and we're very organized. All of this is a lie. Uh, (laughs) so you should check us out. I enjoy the legendary ladies. I learn a lot about a a show that I don't watch. So I thank you for, uh, keeping me caught up and, uh, for using the mod scale. It uh, makes me very happy. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a a real reason to listen is that the mon scale has uh, has migrated its way over to the <laughs> legends of tomorrow podcast so if what you have really missed this whole time is the mon scale you're like listen i came to supergirl radio almost entirely for the mon scale <laughs> uh you can go over and check out legends we've got one now well i highly recommend it so if you want another great dc uh, tv podcast to listen to check out legends of tomorrow podcast uh, but that's going to do it for this Supergirl radio episode on Will Real Miss Tessmacher. Please stand up. But until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. I'm still Morgan Glennon. And just a tip, when you build a plane that can fly itself, has military-grade cloaking, makes its own coffee, and cleans its own toilets, you may also want to check for snakes. Snakes. <laughs>